When the rain gets under your skin Leaking tadpoles like it's a whim And what do you say When it's all gone sideways and fools And your heart won't beat with the rules Little back and like a shoot on the path You're pushing past these boulders Pushing past these boulders Welcome to the Bridge to Branches podcast. You and your entirety are welcome here. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've been through. On the Bridge to Branches podcast, we believe every mental health experience is valid and has power. If you are tending to your mental health, you are smart and brave. If life is a tree, mental health is the bridge from the roots to the branches, connecting where we've been and what we've been through to its impact on the world, spanning outwards. Mental health is the bridge to your destiny in this world. Join us in talking about it. Hi, my name is Alex. And my name is Arielle, and we are the hosts of the Bridge to Branches podcast. We've both been on nuanced mental health journeys, which are always continuing. Our stories are a part of this project, and have found a safe home here. We hope that you and your story find a home here, too. If you are interested in being on the podcast, please reach out to us at bridge2branchespodcast at gmail.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Content warning for this episode. In this episode, we discuss personalized symptoms of depression and anxiety and the use of psychotropic medications and their side effects. The first question I'd love to ask is kind of just a question of identity, and that is, who are you? How do you identify? So what words do you use to describe yourself and identify yourself? Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I would say I, well, I'm a white, straight, middle age, I guess. That feels weird saying, but a (laughs) 34-year-old woman, um, only child is a huge part of my identity, I guess. I kind of came to that realization recently when I was thinking about this question. Um, And I am an Aquarius with a Capricorn moon and Leo rising, for those of you who appreciate astrology out there. (laughs) Those are my big three. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's what I've got for that that question there, but. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, So I'm curious how these ways that you identify yourself have influenced your mental health in a sense or your idea of mental health, how they impacted your idea of mental health. So being white, Uh being what you've been through to get to age 34, um, being a woman, all these things, being Mm -hmm. perhaps, you know, an Aquarius with a Leo rising and a cat moon, like. I'd say like the Aquarius in me is very aware, like wants to be aware of my peace and like social current events. And I think I try to, that's like a big part of like my identity and how I relate to the people around me too, I think. And it, it can be, 
like a blessing and a curse the uh i don't know like being like aware of what's going on on a regular basis and just like hypersensitive to stuff it it can it can kind of like make me shut down sometimes and just sort of like block out everyone and just like be in my own little world um so i think because of that like i've i've dove into astrology to try to explore uh my mental health more and instead of being like oh god why am i this way like why do i shut people out or why do i like get so affected by these things going on around me you know i i found astrology to be really helpful to like delve into that and um kind of answer some of those questions and those like tie up those like I don't know, like, loose ends and doubts that I've had about myself over the years. It's just helpful to have, like, a frame of reference. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's helped me, like, see other see the world through that lens. Um, if we're going to just – I'll just go off on an astrology tangent since that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. But it's really helped me um, understand everyone's mental health journey as, like, their own and also, like, collectively really similar to one another. It's just because in astrology – we all have like a blueprint of our identity and who we are and how we process the world and like just having that, like just knowing that and understanding that and learning about that and being open to like that lens has made me sort of like go easier on my own mental health and like accept other people's journeys around me, like friends who might be going through it or whereas like in the past I would always like really try to analyze and understand and like why is it this way and um I don't get it I don't get this person you know I don't and it, it would become like a really emotional trip for me but I think astrology has just helped like sort of let that be like just like let like eased my load at least the load of like anxiety and depression and sensitivity and it's just been a good like tool for me to um to be okay with like to be okay with like the the open endedness of mental health in everyone's mm-hmm. life and <laughs> in, in our world in our in our just like we all are affected by mental health we all have an, our own experience in our own minds and in our own uh happenings each day and i think like it's so easy for everyone to just kind of drive themselves mad trying to figure out other people's stories and where everyone's coming from and I think while that's important like for me astrology has really like helped me take a step back a little from uh just like helped me with acceptance more I guess so for yeah and then the other I mean being a woman is yeah I don't know I have to like maybe come back to that one I've I'm not really sure, like, how that specifically informs my um, idea of mental health. It's so, like, such a web. It's all so, like, interconnected, but, um, well, as yeah. Well, I would say you have probably certain privileges, just as Ariel and I both do. Like, as cis right. white women, we have, like, certain right. privileges in, like, the healthcare system, mental health system, and there's always, there's definitely stigma around mental health. But absolutely avoid a little bit of it because we have, we present a certain way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
being I know I'm I'm I have like privileges from like identifying as a woman while I also have disadvantages every day and so mm-hmm. that plays a huge piece and I think like I guess yeah I don't know thinking this this is maybe a tangent but I was thinking about um my mental health and my family and like with my like mom and my mom's mom like I know they both deal with their own mental health struggles and it's interesting that like I find it it seems I don't know if it's because it's more like acceptable for women to show that um that side like that they are like quote unquote like they're feelers and crazy and like emotional or if it's really because we have like different hormones that lend to us being more susceptible to certain things than men do but I definitely like over the years that has been a huge part of um, my mental health journey too it's just like my cycle and like the, the moods that I go through like depending on what week of the month it is and I'm just I definitely like <laughs> have moments where I'm like god it's so hard to just like can I just cut my whole, like, endocrine system out so I don't have to have, like, any moods, you know? <laughs> like, so that I think it all kind of ties in with mental health, like, hormones and being, like, gender identity and feeling. And it's it's a web, but I don't want to get too, like, mm-hmm. off on a tangent or anything. So, yeah. No, I love that you're linking astrology and mental health. That's mm-hmm. not something that we've had on this podcast yet at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know you pretty well, Lauren, and yeah. um, our connection. I know that, like, your cat moon, your Capricorn moon, <laughs> I often yeah. feel like you can, like, bring me back down to earth. It's like that earth yeah. and the groundedness, and, like, that's your, like, yeah. so much of your personality in a lot of ways, being, like, your moon sign. and. I, yeah, I can. I make sense of the way you make sense of things by yeah, like those things about you. So it's definitely helpful for to to mention and just the link between astrology and mental health that every person has some way of viewing their mental health and experiencing their mental health and often it can be traced to their astrological placement. Mm-hmm. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm totally. really glad you brought that up, Lauren, as well because like. I'm, I was just telling Alex this yesterday, like, I'm newer to astrology and, like, the way that, um, like, the way one would start to think when you have studied it or when you study it or yeah. when you use it as a tool in your daily life like that. And I think Alex has really opened me up to this, like, as a potential, like, as a possibility, like, the way that you, I've just noticed you end up, like, thinking differently. It's almost yeah. like a, a different way of thinking and then like communicating or seeing the world, which I think then makes perfect sense that it would be linked to mental health and the way that you're describing it. Um uh-huh. like would change the way that you think. So there's like a healing that can occur within your mind. And then that makes perfect sense to me. And I yeah. love the piece about acceptance. That's what I was like <clears throat> like really tuning into when you first started to talk about your relationship between your sense of self-acceptance and astrology. So I would definitely be curious to hear more about that. Um, oh, man, yeah. You brought that into it. Um, and I yeah. agree about when you were talking about yourself as a woman and the sensitivity, you know, yeah. occurs within us. Um, yeah. And how that how that relates to mental health. 
Like I'm really, uh -huh. I'm really glad you brought that forward as well. Um, I just uh -huh. wanted to add that. Yeah, they're definitely all kind of linked for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, specific, I know, Ariel, you just said, like, you're curious about more specific, like, um, examples with astrology, like, pertaining to mental health. And if at any point, like, I go, I know it can be, like, really rabbit holy with astrology. So if at any point it gets kind of like, whoa, wait, what are you talking about? Just let me know. <laughs> but, um <laughs> I, when you said that, something came up for me as far as, like, self-acceptance um, mm -hmm. goes and, like, for people who are really into astrology and can at least are familiar with, like, birth chart might have some awareness of what I'm seeking to, but I'll try to keep it, like, short and sweet. But for most of my, like, adult life, I've had, like, this ongoing story around um, my relationships, like, my person, like, my one-on-one, -on -one, like, romantic, like, partnerships that I've had um and it, I just was really aware of that from a young age that it kind of started earlier than a lot of like my peers and I was like oh what's wrong with me I'm like that girl that always has a boyfriend and like I would kind of go through phases where I would just like be like okay I really need to focus on myself and like get my my own like my own story solid and like be less dependent upon um, my partners and whatnot. And uh, as, like, that continued throughout a lot of my adult life, I mean, I guess you could call me, like, a serial monogamist. <laughs> I've had quite a few back-to-back -back relationships. And it was something I was really sensitive about and very aware of. And, like, I, I would talk about it in therapy. And I'd, I'd have, I would have therapists be like, wow, your relationships just seem to be, like, so, like, prominent and, like, what and like you and like who you are and I was just it was a little embarrassing but I was also like yeah like thanks for recognizing that they do mm -hmm. seem to like really affect me on a deeper level I wish they didn't and when I learned astrology um I learned that in my birth chart I have like four planets um in the seventh house and in astrology the seventh house represents there's a several things it represents, but it represents marriage and it represents romantic one-on-one -on -one partnerships as well as, like, business partnerships and um, just relating to the other, like, to other people. And I have Venus, the planet of, like, love and connection and joy and interest in that. And I have Mercury and I have my sun and I have Jupiter, all of those being, like, very prominent planets in, in astrology. So I have this, like, huge cluster, Buck, of, excuse my language, of, like, all these energies that are, like, swirling around in this area of my life, supposedly, according to astrology, that's supposed to make me hyper-focused, dependent upon, like, aware of and, like, consumed by relationship. And um, so when I learned that, I was like, okay, like, I can, that makes total sense. Like, no wonder I've been just it's hard. It's it's always been a huge part of who I am, and uh, I think just knowing that bit and like having that has really helped me be a little gentler on myself, as well as like inform myself that I have to be like very careful with those things too, because I have a tendency to like because because they can really affect my mental health more than. Um, I need them too. So over the years, it's been sort of like this journey of coming back to who I am and 
what I need for me and in a healthy way incorporating those relationships with other people so that my mental health doesn't suffer. Um, so that's sort of like a full circle example of how astrology and mental health have sort of like woven themselves into my life, I guess you could say. Definitely. That's such a wild. I remember when you shared that with me a while back mm-hmm. and discovered that about your chart when you were both kind of studying astrology and I discovered yeah. that I have this, this placement around my family in my chart. And yeah. I don't know if I've shared too much about that on this podcast, but I have very intense relationships and relationship karma in my family and that all plays out in my astrological chart just like relationship stuff plays out so predominantly in yours and uh-huh. I think it's so important to use astrology as a tool um, like really delve if you're going to delve into it make the link between that and your mental health and learn how to better handle things that arise because of your astrological placements and mm-hmm. you can even be right. kind of prepared for things based on your astrological placements and mm-hmm. what your chart is doing, what your planets are doing in the different signs and well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just awed by it. I'm just like I'm amazed because I'm I just think it's so it makes so much sense. It's like so reasonable <laughs> to look to look at what's going on in the universe to just like see what's going yeah. on in your internal universe. Like right. I, I just had never I didn't grow up thinking that way. So like whenever Alex has noticed something to me about like, well, like, you know, a consideration about my astrological placement and correlation to something that's happening in that moment. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that does make perfect sense. Yeah. And I just think it's such a cool tool to just be trying to make sense of your, yeah. of your life. And yeah, um, I've noticed myself lately, like, looking into that more, like looking in, into that direction more, I mean, and then like looking at the moon more, like keeping – keeping track mm-hmm. of like how the how the moon is how it's moving and and in relation to mm-hmm. myself. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to just to state that because it's new for me. It's different than in my past where I was like much more disconnected. I was right. much less like trying to connect my personal experience to that of the universe around me. Yeah. It was, it was very confusing. Like it's been very confusing in my life in periods of times where I wasn't able to make sense of things. Um, that, was, that resonates. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been there, too, where I've just been mm-hmm. like, this astrology is too much. Like, I can't even with this. And I'll just, like, I'll just, like, shut it out for a couple weeks at a time or, like, stop reading stuff about it. And I, I always, always come back to it. And I feel like that's that's the key is it's, like, when you have tools, like, in your tool belt, they're there for you to kind of like dabble in when you need them. And, you know, just because like I am a lover of astrology doesn't mean that there's like not times where I'm like, this is too, like my brain is, I have too many like tangible concerns in my life to like go down this rabbit hole right now. And um, Mm -hmm. just like letting myself do that. I always end up finding, it finds its way back to me or I find my way back to it. But yeah, I I can relate to that because it's it, it's very it is very like kind of esoteric and um it, there aren't really many explanations scientifically for why it works and mm-hmm. because of that like there's a huge part of me that's like just let it go but like I 
I can't. It just makes sense. I don't know why. <laughs> it just does. And you've um, got a Capricorn moon, so I think that yeah. if you want, like, the real tangible tangibility and the real yes. answers and grounded, mm-hmm. like, yeah, around it. Yeah, know. my cat moon is, like, to hell with this astrology thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's esoteric and it is, like, an esoteric art, and at the same time, it feels to me, like, almost scientific, like, logical, uh-huh. kind of, like, science, because, like, we are an individual that's a part of everything else around us. So, like, because of that connection or interconnection, like, to me it just makes sense that we would we would want to read and access the universe, like, in every way we can to make sense of our internal world. I think that's, like, right. I think it's a really ripe time to be, to be thinking astrologically or to be even introducing these types of talks into different environments because I think people are really focused lately on, like the world at large, like just to go back to the beginning of your talk today, you know, the world uh-huh. at large and then how we participate inside of it and how we are connected in that way, how we're interconnected. So people are looking like outward and inward at the same time now to see the connection yeah. and the correlation. So um, I think it's like, it's a really good time to just be opening up our minds, like, and our eyes and the yeah. sky, like, to actually, if it could actually contribute to our internal organization. That's so profound. And yeah, I've, I've noticed like it's that. It's kind yeah. of like a way of the future. And, mm-hmm. like, just to get, just to, like, introduce a little bit further into our sure. concept that we have for this project, it's very connected because, like, the images that we're using, um, like, the project is called Bridge to Branches, so we have our personal bridge that is our own life and then our branches is how we're connected outward into the world you know or beyond so in the context of mental health in the context of mental health exactly so like our bridge is our personal journey with our mental health and so i just feel like it's very much in alignment with what you're saying astrologically with like that inward looking and outward looking like looking outward at the universe to understand the inward universe so yeah that kind of just leads that. me to like where we would where we would invite you to go like um, next on this journey with us that we're on today um, because we want to help you like you know kind of guide you through your own journey in a way that you want to share with us. So we'll just invite you to like from wherever you would like to begin share your story or your bridge, you know, your version of your yeah. story with mental health. Okay. Sure. Yeah. My so my um my bridge. I feel like the bridge is a lot of kind of what I already was tapping touching on um mm-hmm. tapping on <laughs> uh about like I well, I don't know. I think I was telling Alex the other day. I'll just kind of go off on a tangent about how um I have had like in the past with a lot of my like depression and anxiety I guess episodes you could call them they are often triggered I've noticed like looking back by um, events in my life and I know that's not the case for everyone sometimes those sort of pop up and um, for no reason you just are depressed or you just have anxiety and it just is what it is Um, and there's times in my life that I've felt that way but most of the time I can usually pinpoint a trigger and for me it's been a lot of um a lot it's been triggered a lot by like 
really intense, emotional, unhealthy relationships with men in particular in my past. And um, there were some other triggers, like, I think that have not, had nothing to do with that, like leaving, like, the nest for the first time and going to college and as an only child, like, that being on my own, although I'm a really independent person, like, realizing the vastness of, like, all these things that were, like, kind of almost chosen for me that I didn't really choose myself, um, speaking about college in particular. I just, that, so I'd say, like, that was, like, the first time I found myself going through, like, a more intense mental health experience was when I left the nest and went um, to college and I was living in the dorms. I just remember, like, this, like, the way I perceived life was, like, so much heavier and um, it, it was just coming from, like, a completely different place that I'd never come from before and really, like, felt my aloneness then more than I had ever before. And um, so that was, like, I don't know, when I was 20 or, sorry, 18. And I didn't really – I think that is actually when I first started therapy. I think I saw a therapist at um, the college I was going to at the time. And I ended up relocating ultimately and, like, moving around and coming back to my hometown and uh, going into therapy then. And, like, I think that's maybe the first time I, like, dabbled with taking um, some medication. And then it sort of – there was sort of, like, this pattern of I would get into therapy and then find a really, like – good therapist and then we'd sort of have the talk about like if medication was right for me and I'd sometimes ultimately decide yes, sometimes no and then I'd kind of get back on course and that became like sort of a part of my life on and off like from like the time I was like 18 until now I guess you could say. Like I've taken big breaks of not you know going to therapy but uh these, like, relationships that were sort of scattered without or scattered between these, like, time frames in my life were always, like, there there was always, like, a piece to that that, like, played a really huge part in my, like, downward spiral and then ultimately my healing, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Like, breakups suck. People, like, like, getting hurt Mm -hmm. by people you like suck. Um, But it was a little deeper than that for me. It was more like I just kept finding myself in these, like, scenarios that kept repeating themselves over and over with, like, similar types of partners. And then um, ultimately I had to, like, look at my shit and who I was and what I was doing and how I was, like, kind of um, not asking for that, but, like, what, what was I, like, how did, what was I seeking? What was I, like, drawing to me, you know? And it's still, like, it's not like I figured it out fully, but that's that was sort of, like, the ongoing question in therapy over the years is, like, really, um, it's really, like, gotten me to realize that, like, I am, like, important and, like, my needs are important and valid and, like, before, I think part of it was just 
feeling like ambivalent about like what I deserved. And um, it's weird, like when I'm talking about it, because I'm like, I'm, I'm an only child. Like, I would think that I would like be totally entitled and like think I deserve the best. And I don't know, like I, I never really thought that uh, had that feeling more until like recently, where I was like, dude, like no, I deserve to be happy and I deserve these these things for myself. Um, so. I don't know if that answers any of your question, but uh, yeah, just over the years, I think kind of accepting, a lot of it was like an acceptance of knowing that I'd have to keep therapy in my life and keep um, keep the dialogue open and be aware of like when I'm when I'm kind of going to that dark place as we do sometimes and. Mm-hmm. I might not always know the trigger as it's happening. Usually in retrospect I do, but, like, hmm. yeah, I've, I don't know. I think just finally realizing, like, this is just a part of, like, who I am and um, it's okay and you are allowed to, like, do something about it and and then taking that initiative, whether it's, like, getting back into therapy or getting on medication, which has also been a big part of my journey, too, for me, Um finding one that I like and that helps me and is beneficial to my day-to-day life. And that's that's a whole journey in itself. I'm like, <laughs> I've mm-hmm. learned. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm finally kind of like, not paid my dues by any means, but like, I don't know. I, I've kind of gotten to a place more of like self-acceptance that I haven't felt in a really long time, mm-hmm. which is, I'm curious mm-hmm. if you had, like, a period where you were, like, really resistant to medications and how that all played out and how you ended up. I, do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about the medication you're on now and, like, how you found, like, the process around yeah. getting there? Absolutely. I have, like, no qualms about talking about meds. And I've, I've like, gotten into arguments with boyfriends about it, like, because it's a, it's a really, like, touchy subject and, Everyone is so different and reacts so differently to them and has different, like, principles and ideas about them. And I really try to, like, open up the um, – just to, like, crush the stigma around them because mm-hmm. yeah. there is definitely – I mean, I can think of several times where, like um, – you know, there were a few times I was on a certain medication and I was just, like, I feel the negative side effects more than I feel the positives. And then I would end up going off of them. And um, sure enough, like, when I'm not medicated, it seemed to be, like, every two or three years, like, I'd have, I guess you could call it, like, an episode or whatever. It was just, like, a really heightened, magnified experience of, like, everything going on around me. And it's not just, like, as simple as saying, um, like, oh, I felt really sad then, or, like, I couldn't get out of bed. Like, sure, there was, there was, that was part of it. But when the, like, anxiety and depression sort of weave together, it's more than – I kind of describe it, like, when I, I could feel it coming on as being – feeling like time sort of slows down, um, not in a good way, <laughs> like, in a shitty way where you, like, days just, like, drag on and, like, it, it just hyper, hyper awareness. And I think being extra, extra keyed up all the time and – sensitive to like your what's coming in around you all the time makes those days just seem so long so there's usually like 
the time where I can feel it coming. But, um, yeah, the medication, I, I also would say there was a time I remember thinking, like, kind of holier than thou, like, I don't mm-hmm. need this. Um, I think mm-hmm. that was, like, back in, like, 2017 or something. And I was going through, like, a rough patch with a boyfriend, and I knew I was spiraling into, like, um, kind of a depression or anxiety. I just I just have that feeling, like, here it comes, like it's coming. And I ended up moving home to be with my family. And throughout that whole summer, I remember being very, like, I'm just going to try to be without meds and, like, be pure. It's just this, like, feeling of, like, oh, I have to be pure. But, like, what what does that even mean when you break that down? It's just such a, like, theoretical concept. Or hypoth- I don't know. It just it doesn't totally like resonate with me anymore, based on like the the pureness that I feel, like how I feel now, being um, stabilized on a medication that I like. So anyway, that was like a summer where I just had this like, I'm gonna you know do a cleanse and I'm gonna mm-hmm. um, <laughs> eat all like vegan or not vegan, but like I remember doing this like. Uh, Ayurvedic cleanse and mm-hmm. I just like I just was so not happy and I, it's not even I just was mm-hmm. not in a good place and uh, ultimately ended up going back on a medication that I was sort of ambivalent about I was like okay fine I guess I'll go back on it and I did and sure enough like within a, a month or two as soon as like it stabilized I just I felt like I could do me again and I felt like I could like function properly. Um, so there's definitely moments in, in my life where I've kind of, it's been like more of an ego thing though, when it comes down to it, like, Oh, I, I feel like I should try to do this without meds. And then I have to like kind of check myself and I'm like, um, do the baseline. Yeah. Like it, like, it makes it gets you to the point where you're able to actually function exactly so and that's what I had to like tell myself I wasn't taking like happy pills I wasn't like I wasn't like I'm I wasn't taking these things to like get high or to like mm-hmm. cheat the system like and I think that's kind of what we tell ourselves sometimes when we like think we have to like depend when we when we do function better with meds there's like this inner monologue like I'm cheating the system I should have to work as like hard as everyone else who doesn't need meds and it's like where did you come up with that story from like who said that was like who said you know no way but um the yeah. thing where you're speaking about it it's, I find it very respectful and I think it's important like that we are in respect of the like the science of psychiatry because it is a it's a very delicate it's a delicate art of balancing the brain. And I think, like, I love what you're saying. And, like, just with the, like, with the cleanse, for example, like, we might have a a narrative that's specific around, like, what health is, you know, but, like, you could be totally suffering all through that cleanse in a way that's, like, there's an imbalance that's in a different place within your life, you know. So I I really respect what you're saying. Um, And I did want to say, too, like, the way you describe the timelessness or, like, the, the length of time that it feels like in that day when you're really in those like <laughs> really negative places, you know, like I really, I really relate to that. And that's something that 
I think I shared a little bit about that when I shared my story on this project even because I really uh-huh. do feel like the time that I spent during those years that I was in those places in my mind, they feel, they just feel different. Like the time of it itself yeah. feels relatively different than other periods of time, just like the days, the, the way the days would go on. Now, like, I feel, sometimes I feel like I have big days, but I think because of just the place that I'm in within my mind, that expansiveness. Yeah feels different. Um, Great. So I appreciate you bringing that in. And then um, when you when you mentioned also like the negative side effects of medication, that kind of like, uh-huh. that was making me, um, I feel connected to that as well. Like just, uh-huh. just, just the possibility. That's something that we've discussed on this project as well in the past. And um, I definitely, that's where it becomes like, I think that's when I started to, question a little bit about my use of medication. Like, I definitely went to sure. a place where I felt like there was a very significant balance that was occurring in my brain, and it was yeah. necessary. And then I was, like, I started to hit these new walls where I was, like, suffering more. I was suffering in new ways from my medication. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't, like, those ways weren't occurring before the medication. So I think those those things that when they started to happen started to like wake me up to ask different questions at that time. I think that's really valid. I've seen that happen with friends too. And to, and like, I it's very, I find it super important to say that like, be an advocate for your own health. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean like go on and off your, your meds willy nilly whenever you feel like it, but like find a relationship with a doctor or a therapist or psychiatrist that like, you fully trust has your best interest in mind mm-hmm. and genuinely cares about the practice for the science of it and there and has experience cuz you know a lot of times we do just get like a random general practitioner especially people starting out like trying to starting out down their journey trying to find a med for them they might just go into like the regular doctor and and say hey i think i'm depressed and then the doctor's like here take this and they don't ask the right questions and Mm -hmm. for some people that works fine and I've had that work for me and I've been lucky in that way and then there's been other times where I'm like this guy doesn't even like want to know my story doesn't know my history he hasn't asked any pertinent questions how could he know that this medication is right for me and I think just going through that a couple times like I've gotten to a point where I'm comfortable like being assertive with like the doctors in my life where I'm like, because um, I don't know if uh, Alex might have shared this, but I'm pregnant right now. And um, this kind of like is a big part of my my current journey. Uh, we're talking about meds. Like I made the decision ultimately to stay on the medication that I was on when I got pregnant throughout my pregnancy. And so that's been like, I had to advocate for like myself during that decision-making process and um, be aware of, like, the the pros and cons and the risks and talk to the right people and um, just for people listening to, like, just let, like, I'd like them to know, like, don't be afraid of that and don't be afraid to, like, ask for what you need. And, um, I mean, the system is in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways it's like it is there are people in it that want to help you and who really genuinely like enjoy doing what they do whether that's like prescribing medicine or 
therapy, giving therapy or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think having gone through, like, the, the on and off meds thing throughout a lot of my adult life, I knew when I, there was one that just, like, wasn't working for me. And I would bring the issue to my doctor and we'd have, like, a back-and-forth conversation about it. And um, ultimately I ended up getting on one that I I really love. And um, I'm, like, and then shortly after that I found out I was pregnant. Like, literally probably, like, a month after that. I, like, stabilized on this medication. I'm, like, this is great. Like, I love this. I've never had, like, such good um, – I don't know, like, results, I guess, or, like, so few side effects from this particular one where I just feel normal, like, myself, you know, um, mm-hmm. and then I got pregnant, and I'm, like, oh, of course that would happen, and so <laughs> I kind of panicked a little bit, but I feel, yeah. like, good about that. What's that? <laughs> Do you have hearing the name of the medication that you're on? Sure. Um, I take Effexor. I actually take a generic version of Effexor, which is called uh, Venlafaxine. So I know that. And I actually. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I know that you've had the journey, quite the journey, as I've had with different kind of medications as well. But mm-hmm. um, you've had yeah. you with like finding the right one. Um, yeah. So like you just found that one, is that what you said? <laughs> like, <before> you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on. I think I was on Prozac. And um, it worked in the beginning for me, and then I just had it kind of like, I guess they sometimes they call it like poop out, and it just don't work. They just kind of, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling like it was really, I don't know if I hate saying like it wasn't working, but it just wasn't right for me. So I was talking to my doctor about other options, and or you know what happened actually was my doctor, my doctor was out of town. And I was going through it, and oh, my insurance, okay, sorry, it's so, like, interwoven, but my insurance requires me every time, like, I need to make a med change or, like, to refill a medication, I have to meet with the doctor um, because I have very special, like, medical insurance thing. But um, So I'd have to meet with the doctor more than I'd like to, to be honest. But So I had, they are like, I wanted to refill a prescription. I went in. And met with the doctor that I was supposed to meet with was out of town. And so they're like, you're going to meet with this other doctor. And I'm like, really? Okay, fine, whatever. Um, that's sort of silly, but sure. And he actually had, like, suggested Effexor when the Prozac wasn't working. And I was just like, okay. I've actually had friends who've taken that who have really positive things to say about it. And I've never taken that one. So, sure, I will give it a try. Um, ended up giving it a try, really liking it, and then, like, got pregnant right after that. And I was just – so I booked another appointment to go back to the clinic and talk to a doctor. And this is – like, this shows you how annoying insurance is when you don't have good insurance. That doctor was gone. So I had to see another doctor. It was a female doctor, though, and she was really cool. And I told her everything. Um, I told her my fears about being on meds, being pregnant. I told her, like, I don't think the doctor who prescribed this to me, like, we didn't have a conversation about me trying to get pregnant because I wasn't trying to. So 
I don't know if this is even like safe for that for people who are pregnant, but she was she reassured me and we we kind of talked about the pros and cons. It's you know, there's not a lot of studies that are actually out that have shown um a lot of information about this specific medication being good or bad for babies and um but what she ultimately the information that she had that she gave me was like ultimately enough for me to feel like staying stable and staying um staying level headed especially knowing that like my hormones were going to be all wacky like that was more important to me and beneficial to my baby than the risk of maybe spiraling into some depression or hormone-induced whatever, mm-hmm. which statistically is just as bad for a baby. Um, and that's what she mm-hmm. kept driving home to me, this, this female doctor. She was like, you know, it's actually statistically just as risky for your offspring if you are going through mental health challenges in your pregnancy versus, like, it, that is just as, like, detrimental to to your baby than, like, having... Mm-hmm you know, uh, maybe, like, a weird uh, side effect. But she actually ultimately said that, like, there's been no, um, no, there's no studies that show, like, kids are born with birth defects from this medication. If anything, it's just, like, there might, the baby may be born, I believe she said, with, like, a slightly higher heartbeat in the beginning. But um, she's, like, I fully, she was, like, I fully feel confident if you want to stay on this med and you're liking this med and you feel good on this med, like, I want to reassure you that, like, you're making the right decision. And I actually got a second opinion from my midwife as well, so, which was interesting because I think, like, a lot of people associate, like, midwives and birthing centers to be more, like, alternative than hospital care. And so the opinion from my midwife was pretty similar to the general practitioner's opinion. And when I got both of those opinions, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. I'm good. And we'll just go from there. And that's all I can really do, you know? But yeah. So that was like my little journey through that period. And it's been good so far. I haven't really had any issues. Good. That's a relief to hear. Do you want to share the potential sunshine of your baby? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, most likely a Libra. With, that's the only pretty certain thing that I know. If, if if he were to be born, I think, three weeks earlier, which I guess is a possibility, he would be a Virgo. And um, if he were to be born, like, three weeks late, he'd be a Scorpio. So I feel quite confident that he will be a Libra, but <laughs> which is great because it's another air sign, and I'm an air sign, so I'm yeah, happy that. about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you. Like, I really appreciate you guiding us through that, um, like your journey you. with everything you said. And I was like, when you were talking about being your own advocate, um, I just wanted to share because we had another young woman on this show. She left us with a message of just that, like being your own advocate. And I uh, hadn't really thought of it on those terms before, and it, it really impacted me when I heard her say it. 
and she's mm-hmm. also in she's in a health field herself. So oh yeah, when you were talking about the relationship that we have with our doctor and like just giving that um, like possible scenario when someone comes in and the doctor just doesn't know you or like is giving you medication based on like little information and how damaging or detrimental that could be moving forward, uh-huh. you know, if you incorporated that type of change into your brain without like the thorough understanding. Um, uh-huh. So it just makes me think about like trust and humanism inside of, inside of these fields, like inside of medical yes. or psychiatry in particular, or yeah, I think just like in general, like healing fields, like to have that as a, an emphasis. And I think that with, like we're really developing this awareness now collectively. So I feel like it, we have like, we have this in our future, like people and yeah. with that as like a core focus and a priority, like an emphasis, like to be this type of humanistic or, you know, to build that type of trust as people inside of these fields and we'll be changing, we'll be creating change inside of these systems as a result. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like these, po- like this podcast, like stuff like this is like what's breaking the stigma and hopefully the more that we can kind of like shed light on mental health and break the stigma, like it'll be more a part, norm, like it'll be a more normal part of these conversations that we do have in mm-hmm. like both fields, hopefully. That's, you know. For sure, for sure. And, like, I love that you, the way that you guided us through your journey, like, your bridge, your story, your experience, like, I, you really helped us, like, arrive at your place of self-acceptance. Like, I really felt it, you know, just the way that you described oh, you through what you went through in the past and then arriving, and then just even back to the beginning with that self-acceptance piece in relation to astrology. Like, it's so, it's so awesome. So, I Thank think that you. Well, I'll just ask, Lauren, you did, we did yeah. touch one of your branches now. Mm-hmm. You're saying that you're pregnant and you're, that's kind of like a big part of your life right now. Is there anything else you'd like yeah. to share about where your branches have taken you in terms of like your mental health journey? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that it's really helped me like in my friendships with mm-hmm. people and women specifically. Um, I think it's really been key to like helping those around me feel more like accept accept themselves more and comfortable in their own skin and I live in California and there's definitely like sort of a people lean towards like oh being holistic and all natural and there's a lot of things that are great about that and we're lucky to have like a lot of organic options and good food and farms and all of that. And um, But there's also this sort of like, not anti-meds, maybe a little bit anti-meds I've seen amongst people um, that I've like come to contact with. And I just try to be an advocate and be like, you don't really know if they're going to work or help you until you try them. And so just hopefully, like that's I think a big part of my branch is like just sharing my experience with other friends who might be going through similar challenges and like letting them know like I got their back and you're not weird and it's pretty normal actually so like you can still practice a healthy lifestyle and be aware of like healthy choices and conscious decisions and you know take a take medicine so that's my opinion at least definitely well, before we wrap up, we'd love to just ask if you have any, like, closing words. I know that was, like, definitely, like, a a great kind of, like, monologue that you just 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was just it's really it's really positive. Um, but do you have any like parting words or like a message that you'd like to impart on the listeners or to the listeners? Just like advocate for yourself and accept yourself and if you're not where you want to be, know that there are people out there who will help you. Hi, Lauren here. If you liked what you heard on my episode of Bridge to Branches podcast today, you can connect with me online. My Instagram handle is astrobylow and my website is astrobylow.com. That's A-S-T-R-O-B-Y-L-O.com. From there, you can shoot me an email to book an astrology reading with me. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and be well. Mental health experiences affect us all. If you or someone you know is having suicidal thoughts, please call or share the following number. 1-800-273-8255 You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Mary Oliver, Wild Geese. Thank you to our listeners, our guests, our family and friends, and all who are with us on this journey. Thank you to Aylan Nario for the use of your beautiful song. We hope you have found a piece of your healing journey with us through this episode and that you continue to carry on with strength and hope. Remember, your life is precious. Ooh.